0: Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I have a rock star on today, Mr. Jim Packard. Stay with us, we'll be right back. we are back let me bring jim on jim welcome to the show oh thank you i'm pleased to be here it's great to have you here man you are a um you're a legend in my mind <laughs> thank you <laughs> so so jim um i when did we i think we met um years ago maybe in pittsburgh at a um at a cent uh, What's that gal's name? Linda. Linda Thomas. Thomas. Yes. Yes. I always, she has a hyphenated name though. Isn't it like Balt, Baltism, something Thomas. I don't know. But yeah, Um, I believe I met you and, and um, your sons over there. I I'm pretty sure um, years ago though. So, and we've, I think we've been friends on Facebook for many years too and yep. and it's I'm honored to finally get you on the show man so so I started this about 3 years ago and it was literally to help people get unstuck in life and because I truly believe people get stuck and don't know how to get through it there's Pamela Aubrey she is a wonderful wonderful person thanks for being here Pam so so Jim why don't we start with where you were born and raised sure
1: I'd probably be remiss if I didn't say that you ever feel that life's a tuxedo and you're a pair of brown shoes. <laughs> because I've seen some of the other people you've interviewed. So uh, uh, but, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm from a little town in Maine called Augusta. And, okay. uh, you'll hear my accent throughout this interview because my business partner now always makes fun of me when I say I have an idea to share share with people and they go, where are you from? "Where well, I'm from Augusta, Maine. So wow. we went to the same high school. My mom and grandfather went to
0: actually. Oh, wow. Augusta, Maine. So that's like, um, that's almost like in Canada, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you,
1: you can actually be in Portland, Maine, and you're closer to New York city than you are Northern Maine.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um, so you you um we we have some some people on here. Hey, share this out by the way. Anybody watching, share this out. But so so you grew up in Augusta, Maine, and, and is it was it so it was a real small town or it's a small city? It's a small city because Augusta
1: is the capital of Maine.
0: Oh see. But if it's, my buddy Glenn Morshower were on here with us, he would know that. I'm not I'm not that smart.
1: I mean, 18,000 people. That's the size of the town.
0: 18,000? Yeah. And it's the capital? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. That's insane. Okay. So, so you grew up in Augusta, Maine. And what, I mean, what was it like growing up there? I mean, I'm from a small town. I think it it actually is is, is bigger than 18,000, though. And it's not the capital. Well, let's put it
1: this way. I once went to the, um, in my junior year of high school, I went to the, the board, the blackboard, and Miss Gibbs wanted me to dissect a sentence. And, of course, I was having problem with that. And, yeah. and she looked at me and she says, well, your mother had no problem with those. I had the same teacher my mother did. That that tells oh, you something about,
0: God. yeah, wow. true, story. true story. That's but, insane. Wow. So did you, um, did, did you experience as, as a child, were there, I mean, did you see, um, were there hard times, you know, were, were there hard times at all growing up? Did you see your parents go through struggles financially or anything like that at all?
1: Yeah. My parents went through, uh, interesting enough, I, I lived in a nice area of town, so I was exposed to a lot of, uh, A lot of my friends' dads uh, own businesses, and, and, you know, I noticed at an early age that my friends had convertibles or their parents had convertibles, and they belonged to the country club, and and we didn't, All right? So early on, I knew that uh, there was better things out there in life. Yeah. And you knew you wanted that?
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Did you? Oh, absolutely. My, My goal was to own my own business like my friends did and belonged
0: to the country club. So I could go to the country club beach. You know, wow. So, you know, so, so you, um, you went to school, high school there. Is that where you graduated?
1: Yeah, actually, when I was in the fifth grade, we moved to Florida and, and my dad got into the insurance business and wow. I actually ended up going to five different high schools before I graduated. Oh my uh, gosh. And so it was, um, uh, that was a little unsettling, but at the same time, uh, it was a character builder for sure.
0: How did you, how did you fit in in Florida with that Maine accent?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, it was during the '60s when we were down there, Wow. and uh, they're still fighting the war down there. <laughs> yeah, right. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was interesting growing up in Florida as a northerner and seeing. I mean, one day we got up, and there were flyers all over the lawns of different houses would be a man join the clan there was a there was a cross burned on somebody's yard once oh, I mean that yeah. stuff that I you know mean you never to Maine and you know, Orlando Florida I mean that just that was eye opening and uh, wow I eventually did we did move back to Maine and I graduated from the
0: same high school my mom did so Did but, you really wow So your dad got um into insurance what was he doing prior to getting into insurance uh he was an electrician. Okay My
1: grandfather was an electrician. My uncles, my cousins, everybody in our family were electricians. And I mean, I can't even make an extension cord. I mean, I, that wasn't for me. I mean, <laughs> these hands don't touch anything but a, you know, but a driver and three wood. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So, so you, you, your dad. When you say he got into insurance, he got into insurance sales.
1: Yeah, and he was very good at it. I mean, he was the youngest person to get promoted at his particular company. But back in those days, as you, as they gave you another territory to work, you had to live in that territory. So wow. that's what made – that's why I had to move so many times and went to so many different schools it's because you had to live in the territory that my dad was managing. And wow. It was, uh, it was almost like a blur, my fifth grade year through my sophomore year of uh, school. I mean – I mean, I don't hardly remember anybody. I can't even tell you one teacher's name. So it was, did you
0: have friend, Did you make friends in Florida? Like,
1: yeah, I was, uh, you know, I was always the entrepreneur. I mean, I was always a kid, even growing up in the fifth grade. There was a contest selling greeting cards and the fourth and fifth graders. And I remember uh, they had us go in the auditorium and you could look at all the gifts that you could win. And I yeah. saw the gift that I wanted to win. And I went after it, and I came in first place, and I got the gift. Now, wow. it was a white pearl handle knife. Can, can you imagine a school giving out a knife in today's world? No. But I won the knife. <laughs> I took it on the bus with me on the way home, managed to cut and slice my finger right through here. The bus driver took my knife, and I don't think I ever saw that knife again. So, uh, but I learned early on that I was good at sales. So, oh,
0: my gosh wow and when
1: we moved to florida ken i became a paper boy
0: yep and
1: and you know like a lot of young people in fact, if you ever want to hire somebody hire a paper boy because they have all the attributes of a, you know of a successful business person
0: amen there
1: was a um contest where the first three people got to go to the world's fair in seattle and wow. number four through 60 got to go on a train go to Washington, D.C. and all the sites there, and then go up to New York and see a uh, Yankees game. And during that time period, I was a gigantic Yankee fan. And all I wanted to do was place in the top 60, so or four through 60, so that I could go to New York and watch the Yankees.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, I finished first. All right. Which means I won the trip to the World's Fair. Uh Uh Ah. So I traded with the guy who was number four. I mean, I, the, the paperwork we had to go through to give up number one to be number four. But <laughs> I went and I saw the Yankees and Mano and Maris each had a home run. I mean, it was just perfect. So wow. and, and I think that was the first time I really visualized a goal that I really wanted yeah. and, and and desired and went after it. So, you know, I had fun during those years because I yeah. was, you know, I was working. So
0: Yeah. So, so you, you, you end up back in Maine, you graduate high school. Did you, did you go to college? Yeah, that was
1: interesting. Um, My parents didn't have the means to pay for college. Mm. So I I didn't have that advantage. And quite frankly, I was a, a BC student. So, I mean, I really didn't have the grades to get a scholarship. And so all my buddies that I hung around went off to the university of Maine and I had to stay back in Augusta, and they just started a branch of the University of Maine called the University of Maine at Augusta. And I stayed back and I went to school there, which was, I worked days and I went to school nights. And that was the, probably the toughest time period in my entire life as I when I look back at it, because again, I was taking classes at the high school that I had just graduated f- from. Wow. All my friends had gone, had, had gone up to the University of Maine at Orono and I was stick, uh, stuck behind. And quite frankly, I was really bitter. I was mad at myself and bad at my parents. And uh, as a result, my GPA <laughs> reflected that the first yeah. year.
0: You know how that goes, so. Uh, and what, uh, So what year did you graduate high school? 66. Oh, okay. What about? I mean, that's right there in the middle of the Vietnam deal, yeah. right? Yeah. I,
1: I went can- to school, so I, you know, I, I avoided the draft. And then they came out with the draft lottery, and I was number 330. So I never got called up. I expected to go, but never got called up. Wow. It's, uh, it was interesting. My first year of college, I, I think I had a 1.9. 9- and then a 1.3 and I remember them calling me in saying that uh if things didn't change then you know <laughs> I was going to the war right yeah and, uh, and I met a guy named John Benoit who was the counselor at the University of Maine Augusta kind of put me under his wings and for the first time ever he made me accountable for my to myself and he had me he knew my goal was to get up to the University of Maine Orono with my buddies yeah and uh he said, if you get Dean's list, I will get you there. And so I studied my butt off. I made Dean's list. I was able to transfer up to the university of Maine. Wow. Arno, and, and so that's probably the first time in my life that I, I really wanted something so bad and, uh, could visualize it and, and had a mentor that c- counseled me weekly. So, wow. You know, so he was one of those five people in my life that I
0: look at going, wow you know, he he turned me around. Yeah. So you graduated from college. Yeah. I actually, uh, with honors.
1: Yeah. I I was on the Dean's list and it was interesting when I moved to Orono. I mean, I still didn't have a place to stay. Yeah. Right. I lived in a boarding house in Bangor, Maine with three other guys or three other, you know, they rented rooms from this lady and I worked at McDonald's and that's how I got my money. And and uh, eventually, I lived in a, f- lived in a fraternity, and eventually lived in the dorm and and all that stuff. But I graduated uh, from the University of Maine, Orono. In fact, Stephen King was in my class, which was kind of interesting story. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. He was in my class, and in fact, even after we graduated and grew our families, my son used to play basketball against his son, so I'd see him in the summertime.
0: But so uh, oh, you you know you know him.
1: Well, I, yeah, I could certainly pick him out of a crowd. I don't know if he could pick me out of a crowd at this point. Yeah. But the the, inter- the most interesting guy I met at the University of Maine, my best friend or, you know, one of my best friends of the University of Maine, his best friend in high school was a, a kid named Jay Leno. So Jay spent about one weekend every month in our room, in our dormitory with uh, my, myself and my buddy. So that was interesting gr- kind of growing up with Jay. So, and we still we're still friends today.
0: So. You and Jay Leno are friends. Yeah, yeah. Do you hang out in his garage? No, I haven't hung. You know,
1: this I can tell you a quick story about Jay if you want. Yeah,
0: I'd love to hear that. Yeah. I love was,
1: Jay. You know, he he went on. I mean, he was always funny in in college.
0: Yeah. And
1: and he would come up for the weekend, but he had to leave sometime early Sunday to go to the Catskill because he was you know performing or doing his you know his gig, and. And after we graduated, we kind of separated. You know, you lose touch with people. And all of a sudden, I see him on Laverne and Shirley. He was Shirley's boyfriend in a few of the episodes. Oh, wow. And, and, and then, because I started my, my business, and we were in Las Vegas once, and I noticed that he was headlining at Caesars Palace. So I, I called the hotel to talk to Jay, thinking I could get right in. And, of course, the switchboard operator would not allow you to you know, just to talk to him. Right. So, um, <laughs> so I said, I left him a message. You? And I said, and I oh, found out that her father, the switchboard operator's father was from Maine. So we had that connection. And she said, I can get a message to Jay. And I said, well, just tell him it's Jim Packard from the University of Maine. And uh, I'm going to be at a buddy of mine's house at a party later tonight. And this is the phone number of my buddy's house. Maybe he could give me a call there. So we're at this party and all of a sudden, and we're out back, and the, my buddy's having a, a band's playing, and the music stops and says, I'm not sure if this is a joke or not, but is there a Jim Packard here? Because there's a Jay Leno on the phone for him. <laughs> and I, I got on the phone with Jay, and he said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing great. I said, I'm in Vegas. I'd love to see your act. And uh, he said, well, come on over and, and, and watch our act. And I said, Jay, I can't get tickets. You're sold out. And he says, I'll just leave your name. And I said, well, I'm, I'm with a couple of buddies. And he said, how many tickets do you need? And I go, three. And he says, well, come on over. And oh I'll leave God. tickets with the major d'. So this is the funny part of the story. We go to the show. It's a midnight show. And we get there around, I don't know, 1130. And yeah. I walk up to the And there's a line, you know, like waiting to get into the museum that's about, you know, 100 yards long. And I go up to the the you know the front desk there, and I said, "There's supposed to be some tickets here for for me." Jay um, uh, Jay left them for me, and the guy, the usher, is looking around. He says, "I'm sorry, we don't see any tickets here at all for you." And by oh. this time, the people that are in line are looking at me and going, "Nice try, sir. Nice try, Buster." You know, getting the line. You know. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, the head maitre D comes up and says, "Is there a problem here?" And the usher says, Yeah, we have another joker that claims Mr. Leno left him some tickets. <laughs> and he and he looks at me and he says, Are you Mr. Packard? <laughs> and I go, Yes. And he looks at the usher and he says, This is Mr. Leno's personal guest. Please escort him backstage. So we went backstage, <laughs> my, my buddies and I, and, and we're sitting wow. there in, the, in his green room and talking to him. And uh and uh and he said, uh I, I, he says, uh, um, what's his name? Um, uh, the blues guy, um, uh, that's BB uh, uh, King, okay, yeah. was yeah. opening for him. And Jay looks at me and says, Have you ever met BB King? And I go, Jay, no, you don't, yeah, meet- no, yeah, of course. Yeah, I was breakfast with him. <laughs> so he brought him over, I met him, and uh, oh so,
0: uh
1: and and I started telling Jay some jokes, thinking <laughs> that maybe I could help him because I, you know, and uh, he had already heard of all of them, it's amazing. Yeah. 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 What was interesting is he never cashed any of his checks from the, um, uh, from, uh, Vegas and he was getting paid, gosh, I I probably shouldn't say this, but back in the, you know, back in the early seventies, mid seventies, he was getting paid like $30,000 a performance. And he was doing two a night and doing over, over 300 shows a year. He was the hardest working, uh, comedian in Vegas, but, uh, yeah, we still remain friends. I happened to see him and, uh, he was here at Talking Sticks down in Phoenix a couple of years ago, and we saw each other again. So.
0: Oh, did, oh you? did you?
1: Yeah. So yeah. you've
0: got it. Like, do you have a yeah. cell phone number?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, it's it's uh, he, he's called me and left a message, and I kept it on my cell phone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, Jaylen
0: called you and left you a message. That's yeah, Because
1: yeah. yeah. awesome. I was inviting him over to the house for dinner, because you know I figured that he was you know he's out enough, so, but. Uh, when we wow. were in Vegas, I met his wife, you know, Mavis and uh, interesting guy. And, uh, really, uh, money has not changed
0: him. He seemed, yeah, he seems like just a good guy. Yeah, absolutely. A yeah. genuinely good guy. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Wow. You're the first person I met that's friends with Jay Leno. I yeah. love Jay. Yeah. So, so I, in fact, I think since he left the tonight show, it's never been the same. It's not even close i
1: asked him who his best friends were in hollywood and he he said to me i should say this stuff but he said well it used to be J, it used to be david letterman right yeah and of course they you know went for the same job but he was yeah. actually his best friend was robin williams
0: wow yeah. Yeah. really
1: yeah wow
0: oh that had to be heartbreaking for yeah. him then geez wow so so um you 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 graduate from college yeah i couldn't wait to graduate and get a job what did you do so you get i'm you know you because you said you know here you are your whole life as a kid you're 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 um you got the entrepreneurial bug yeah. But here you are in college, I'll say getting programmed. <laughs> yeah. so, but you're in college and you're going, now I need to get out and get a job, yeah. work for 30 years and retire. And yeah,
1: It's there. an interesting story. I went to work for a company out of Hartford, Connecticut called G. Fox and Company, which is a gigantic retail store. 4,800 people worked there. They had four or five branches. I couldn't wait to go to work. had to wear a suit to even work there, right? And uh, I didn't even own a suit. I had to go to Sears to charge a suit on my mother's credit card so that I could wear my suit so that I could go to work. And because they would give you credit, but only, you know, 30 days later. So I was wearing one suit with two pair of pants for 30 days waiting so I could get my (laughs) And I went to work for this large retail store, which I loved, right? Yeah. And they it was interesting, they had a contest where the department that had the highest percentage over quota won a trip to Bermuda. And wow. I mean, I won that trip. I mean, I, I had the highest percentage of quota. And when I got back from from that trip, there was a letter in the mail and it said and it said Dear Mr. Packard, your name has come to our attention as the type of person that possesses the skills and abilities that we're looking for. We'd love to interview you and your lovely wife. Uh, uh, Could you meet us at the Holiday Inn downtown Hartford at 7 o'clock? And I'm going, yeah, somebody finally found out that I'm good, and they saw that that I won the contest, and I get to that meeting and find out it's a network marketing meeting. Oh, those sneaky Yes, yes. (laughs) And I bought the dream. I bought the dream. You did? Yes, I did. I signed up for $3,200 in 1972.
0: What? Whoa, that's like 50 grand today.
1: Well, I was only making $7,000 a year at the the store. So I'm wondering, how did the bank even give me the loan? But uh, I wasn't home. What company was it? It was an old company that was owned by Jim Rohn and uh, Bill Bailey called Bestline. Wow. And I bought $3,200 worth of concentrated soap and plastic containers. And I wasn't home the day the tractor trailer pulled up in front of our little apartment. My my wife was. And we're still married, by the way, for 50 years now. But uh, I later found out, Ken, that they sent that form letter out to 1,000 people. And I was the only person to respond.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: But it is, has affected thousands of
0: lives as a result. Do you know Kyle Wilson? I know the name. He was Jim he owned Jim Rohn International. Okay. He he was Jim's business partner for 18 years. He's a buddy of mine. He's yeah. been on the show. Yeah. So so so, so you bought thirty two hundred dollars worth of soap. Yep in 1972.
1: Yep. And wow. I I joined the company and found out that I was good at sponsoring
0: people. I got my money back really quickly. I went Wait. To, so you're asking? so when you say you sponsored people, you're asking people for $3200? Yeah. Holy yeah. mother of everything. Holy. Yeah. Yeah. In 1972.
1: Yeah. When I was only making $7,016 at G Fox and company.
0: Jim, how in the world did you get, I mean, that, that's like, that's a lot of money in 1972.
1: How does the bank even give you the loan to do it is beyond
0: me. But But you were getting people to go to the bank and get a loan for $3,200.
1: Yeah. Until they shut down the company. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I didn't know they get shut down for front end loading and, and it's uh you know, I look back now and and I go, I guess I just acted through fear, you know, action conquers fear. But it's, uh, for the first time in my life, I was introduced to positive thinking and what you can believe you can achieve. And if you think you can, you think you can't, you're right either way. And um, I just, uh, I also knew working at the, the retail store that, you know, that was never gonna give me the goals that I wanted to achieve. And for the first time in my life, I read a book, you know, I, I read Think and Grow Rich was I think the first book I ever wrote. And I wrote down all the goals that I wanted to accomplish back 42 of them. And they're in they're on my back wall. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, they're right yeah, there.
0: That's good, it's right here.
1: They're right underneath the clock. That's my original, uh, I don't know, original there set of know. goals. Yeah. yeah, original set of goals. And uh, wow. You know, so um, that's how I got into network marketing, Ken. And I remember uh, thinking I have to get st- I have to stop working at the retail store because I'm working nine to five or nine to nine. And <laughs> and I saw a blind ad in the newspaper for Smith Corona looking for a copier sales rep. And I go, oh, my God, I mean, I'm in retail sales. So I went and interviewed and um, great guy, Jack Keeley. He told me that I it was probably other more qualified people for the job because I didn't have any sales experience. Yeah. And they did. And I said to him, I said, well, that's a shame. That's a shame that I don't qualify because, and at that point, I took out my goals out of my wallet. And then I said, Mr. Keeley, I have 42 things that I want to accomplish. And I was hoping that Smith Corona was going to be that vehicle, because if it was going to be that vehicle, I was going to make us both a lot of money. And he goes, whoa, 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 hang on. He goes, hang on. He says, I'm going to bring my boss in. And I'm going to ask you the same question. Why should we hire you? Put your goals back in your wallet, bring them back out and say exactly the same thing. And I did. <laughs> they hired me on the spot. I became their sales rep of the month, the next 10 out of 12 months. The only month I didn't make it was the first month and the last month when I left. Wow! And, uh, that's how I got into sales. And, and, and what year was this? Oh, this is back in uh,
0: 1972, 73, 74. Wow. There's a buddy of mine that you he, he just moved to Phoenix over to the Chandler area. Um that he his dad is the founder of Little Giant Ladders, Hal Wing. Okay. That's Doug, his son. Was yeah. he on QVC? Oh yeah, they've they've been everywhere, man. They're, I've been on QVC, you know. Oh, have you really? Yeah, 25 times I've sold a product on QVC. Wow. Well, Little Giants, the third largest ladder company in the world now.
1: Well, I'm the largest company in the world for the product that we market. Really? Yeah. You want to yeah. see it? Yes. <laughs> of course.
0: Yeah.
1: It comes in this little white box, and this is this is a product that you're going to love. This we call this the Mouse Bungie. and it's a little device that sits on your desk. And its sole purpose, let me show you.
0: (laughs) Hold on, I'm going to give you full screen for this. Okay. Its
1: sole purpose is to hold a cord of a mouse so that when you use the mouse, the cord doesn't get hung up on your desk.
0: Oh, would you look at that? Now,
1: I'm a firm believer that I'm a big, big Jay Abraham fan, which I can share with you in a second. Yeah. But anyway, we went on QVC, and by the way, they only take three products out of every hundred that are submitted. Only three actually end up on the show.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, we went on the show. I'll never forget it. Um, I go down there Thursday because you have to go through training because some things you can't say on TV, and you have to go through that. And, yeah. Yeah. And then on um on set and they said well you're going to go on air to uh, saturday at 1:30." and i because this is friday night and i'm done with my training and i go well i'll be here bright and early tomorrow morning because i can't wait to i, I want to be just get everything you know
0: yeah. i want to
1: hear all the other vendors that are coming in and the and the guy my agent said well don't get here too early and i go Well, i'll be here like eight o'clock 8 and he goes no that's too early and i go too early," he says. "He says you do know you're going at one thirty in the morning, not one thirty in the afternoon. Oh wow! I didn't know we were going at one thirty in the morning. Oh but, wow! Yeah. But wow. which is a great time because you know a lot of computer geeks are you know from California and you know they're up at that time. So yeah, yeah. the guy before me sold eight thousand dollars worth of toner cartridges, and I'm going, my God, we haven't sold eight thousand in our in in, in a year. And uh, they put us on in eight minutes. We did $56,000. Oh, my we God. We were the highlight of the show. I've been back on. One time we did, uh, one day I was there, they did $80 million in sales. And we were wow. all over, we were $256,000 of that. So,
0: His dad sold 25,000 ladders in 24 hours the first time he was on QVC. Yeah, that's yeah. That's I amazing.
1: wish this was the price of a ladder. This was nine <laughs> <Yeah>, ninety <right>. five. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's amazing, man. So yeah. so 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 you got into sales. What was and it was selling copiers?
1: Yeah, I started a um Gosh, when I um sale. Uh, I loved it. I mean, you think about the copier business.
0: Balls, right? Knocking on doors. Oh, yeah.
1: Up and down the streets. Yeah. Up oh, and down the streets. Lord
0: have mercy. That's well, you
1: know, how you cut your teeth right there. Oh, you know, and it's interesting. I had the confidence from the network marketing aspect of it. I had the competitiveness, and I started a company with $500, and we built it to $17 million before I sold it. My goal was to retire before I was 50. And I sold it one month prior to my 50th birthday to a company called Icon Office Solutions. I've heard of yeah. them. Yeah. Big company. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's a great business because you sold the copier, you sold the, you know, you sold the equipment, uh, you sold the, uh, the service, the supplies. And um, I'm a big fan of a, a guy named Jay Abraham. Yeah. Kind of a marketing gruel. Yep. Yeah. And, and his philosophy in his book is if you can, Look at other successful industries, and what might be as common as dirt in their industry, when applied to your industry, could have the effect of an atomic bomb going off. Mm. And, and I always remembered that. And uh, I took my salespeople to a trip once, and we went to a place called the Sandals Resort. Yep. It's like an all-inclusive type of resort where once you get yep. there, you just put your wallet in the safe, and you know everything's free. And I'm going, what an interesting concept. So I came back home and I started a program where I would give the customer the copier. Mm -hmm. And all I would do is the end of the month, I would read the meter, how many clicks that they made or how many copies they made. And I charged them like a nickel, a copy. And that included the service, the supplies, the paper, everything. And we skyrocketed. I mean, it took took our competitors a couple of years before they caught on what we were doing. And I wow. locked up that business, and I took the concept from sandals. So uh, just like this little product right here, the, yeah. the concept wow. came from, and maybe you remember these, Ken, not all of you. Remember the irons that your mom used to have that used to have the spring on it? Yeah, yeah. That's where this concept came from.
0: Oh, my oh gosh. gosh. Was that Was your that idea? idea? I cannot
1: lie to you. No. Wow. Uh, but I, I met the inventor of the product. I take Clinton credit for it all the time, so he'd be laughing if I was actually telling the truth now. But uh, I was the, we started a company. We called it the the Mouse Bungee Company, and I was my title on my on my business card is the Big Cheese. So, uh, and the controller was Office Boy. I mean, we had fun. We sold these things all through Q, I mean, QVC, and we sold them to the in the ASI market, which is the ad specialty industry yeah. where you can actually put logos on them, which is what we do here. That's
0: uh, so, somebody's saying, What does that do, uh, that do, do? Dad do? Uh, Oh, uh, it, it holds it again.
1: Yeah, it holds the cord of a mouse so that when you use the mouse, the cord doesn't get hung up on your desk. And I'll show it again. So, if you just have it here and you yeah. move the mouse, okay, yeah, give you full screen. That's right. It gives you, know, you, you as you move the mouse, the, it just gives with you. Now, the interesting the biggest market we had was the gaming industry because you know these kids that get on games and they have to use their mouse to you know do they call it fragging or get get frags um the top gamers in the world use that product and we eventually sold the company to a company called razer which is the number one gaming company in the world
0: okay uh,
1: but that was a fun ordeal going on qvc going to the asi shows and that was a
0: Fun experience. Uh, wow. I enjoyed that very much. So, so, but back up to the copier thing again, because yeah. I, you know, I've I um I cut my teeth in sales, knocking on doors, residentially, and and then got into business to business. But um I, I've I've said I didn't go to college. I, I I truly believe that everybody should go knock on doors for a couple of years before mm-hmm. they decide what they're going to do with their life. Yeah. <laughs> But I tell you what, there's nothing harder than knocking on a door or walking into
1: an office, especially medical offices where everybody looks up at you. You know, they're selling copiers and uh, it's, uh, you know, I just outworked people. I wasn't as smart as they were, but I outworked everybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So where'd you go from the copier company? Where'd you go from there?
1: Well, I I sold the company uh, when I was 49.
0: Oh, you owned the company.
1: Yeah, I owned it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, So I started, yeah, I started with 500 bucks and built it to 17 million. And when I sold it, I, um, I really missed the people. I really missed the customers. I didn't miss all the headaches that come with owning your own business. Yeah. But, um, I moved to Arizona. Okay. I stayed on five years as a consultant for Icon. Which
0: was in Maine. All of this was in Maine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. And, um, I stayed on for five years as a consultant, which one person recently told me that the definition of a consultant is a guy between jobs.
0: And uh, (laughs) I
1: stayed there for five years because they were renting my building, and I wanted to make sure that they stayed in my building. But once that was up, I moved to Arizona. And uh, when I got out here, I realized I didn't play golf well enough that I even wanted to play every day. Right. So I was looking to start another business, and uh, I always remember growing my copier business. I could never find the right message or greeting card to send to my clients. I mean, I could go to Staples and find a card that said, you know, thanks or something like that, or thanks for your referral. But I um, uh, I wanted more than that. So I teamed up with a, bra- uh, a graphic artist, and we created greeting cards uh, for uh, I don't know where they went, but, oh, here it is. Hang on. We created a line of greeting cards for two niche markets. One was for pets. And you're about to hear my dog come through the door looking for a treat, so I apologize in advance.
0: It's
1: and fine. one was for salespeople. And what would happen is I PetSmart is located out here in Arizona, so yeah, I made yeah. a sales call on PetSmart. And they loved our cards. I mean, they fell in love with it. Within 90 days, I was in over 700 stores. Oh, my And they God. actually took out Hallmark in a lot of these stores. Wow. So I was in 700 stores. And then I created a line of greeting cards just for salespeople. And I got very fortunate. People like Zig Ziglar got a hold of them and loved them. Tommy Hopkins.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Brian
1: Tracy. Harvey McKay. And... Um, Jay Abraham always talks about having unique selling proposition to market your product and our greeting cards were so unique that when people looked at them, they go, Oh my God, these are great. Would you like to see one? Yeah, I'd love love to to see one. Here's an example of one. Okay. I don't know if you can see, it says Babe Ruth struck out more times than he hit home runs. Yeah, Yeah, And when you open it up, it says, although we didn't do business this time, and can you see the little envelope that's?
0: Yep, I see it. Yep. it. Yep. Yep. Move okay. it the other way. There, there you go. go. Look, look at look that. that.
1: So you pull out the punchline out of the little envelope. And, of this punchline says, because Babe Ruth struck out more times than he hit home runs, although we didn't do business this time, we're looking forward to our next at-bat. Isn't that a great card? That is an amazing card. Here's one more I'll show you. A toast to the best darn client in the world. I don't know how I can make that better. There we go. And when you open this up, it says, You're smart, charming, witty, wise, and if I might say so, quite special. When you pull out the punchline, it says, In fact, we're so much alike it's scary. <laughs> so so I created all these different types of cards, and of course they were unlike anything anybody had ever seen. So, and by the way. When you pull that little envelope, I concept. Yeah, yeah. Got the idea from the cracker jack box. You know, when you go to the uh, cracker jack, yeah. you pull out a prize. Yep, yep. Well, that's where we came up with the concept of the little envelope pulling out the uh, the prize, which is the same. So that's that's how that came about. And, wow. Uh, so I started a greeting card company, and I mean that was a hassle. I mean, you ever tried to service seven hundred stores nationally? I mean, yeah. you got your cards in all these racks, and of course, people handle them, and you know they get dogged here, and you have to replace them. That was quite a quite an ordeal, but it was uh, it was fun to work with people like you know, with Zig Ziegler and Tom Ziegler and, and and Harvey McKay and his group, and especially Tom Hopkins. He's he was tremendous to uh, to us. He would he would bring us up on stage, and we'd
0: show the audience our cards, and you know. You know, Tom Ziegler is a good friend of mine, and I his all of Zig's kids, Julie yeah. and Cindy are too. I talked to Julie yesterday, or the day before yesterday. I never met her. I met Tom a few times. Yeah, you know. good people, man. Yeah. They're just good, good people. So, so um, wow. So how so? How long did you have the greeting card company?
1: Well, it was interesting, probably for a few years. At one point, both my kids worked for me and they realized how hard it was to sell and make a living selling greeting cards. What was really interesting, Ken, is uh, uh, the only Christmas gift I've ever asked my kids for for Christmas was their goals in writing. And they've done that since the eighth grade. And I still use the same form myself. You know, we pick four areas that you want to be, you know, they want to set goals in. And yeah. I remember back in those days, we picked uh, um, academics, sports, family, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And uh, I was sitting at my desk and I was going through some old file folders and I came across uh, one of Jeff's, you know, goal setting forms. And, and on the form, he said I wanted to, you know, it was one of his action plans, so I wanted to pray more often and i go wow that's interesting i don't really i mean i'm you know you know i believe in god but i really you know i don't i don't pray i mean yeah i ask for the safety of my kids and my wife and yeah. you know and, and my dog and stuff like that but i never have really prayed for um you know anything business wise right right and i remember going to bed that night and looking out and i'm i'm laying there and i can't get to sleep and I'm, you know, we're struggling with a greeting card company. Even though we had some big name clients and all that, we were struggling uh, uh, with that type of business. And and I said to him, I, I said, God, show me that. You know, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Because I have a lot of options. You know, I mean, yeah. am, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And I said, Can you do me a favor? I said, I can look out through the window and and with the, with the moonlight, I can see the I uh, said, I can see the sky. I said, Make a st- falling star happen so I know that you're listening to me. Well, that didn't happen. And I said, well, have a bird or something fly down into the water feature. That didn't happen either. But I fell asleep, and I woke up at 410 in the morning with this. As vivid as I'm talking to you right now, I had a sign that said, uh, send out the cards. And I go, wow, God wants me to send out the cards for my clients. So the next day I went to my best client that had bought a bunch of cards for me that was still sitting in the sitting in the box and I said I have a program where I'm going to send the cards out on your behalf and I go I'll do 5 cards for 29.95 you can pick the 5 cards you want out of my 144 and that's how I start got into that aspect of the greeting card business sending cards out for my clients which I still do today wow so that's how I you know I eventually I'm not going to um I eventually um I met with a guy that was promoting Jim Rohn, and I'm trying to think of his name. I thought his name was Jerry something. He lived down in Tucson, and my son Jeff was meeting with him because Jim Rohn was coming to town to do an event, and Jeff said, I'm going to, you know, he said, I'd like to meet with this guy because he was a big Jim Rohn fan, and I'm sitting there talking to the guy, and he says, uh, uh, he says, Jim, what do you do? And I said, well, I have a greeting card company, and he goes, oh. One of my best friends is a top rep in in another greeting card company. And I go, what's his name? He says, Jordan Adler. And I go, oh, interesting. I go, can you give me his number? I'd like to call him. Maybe I can uh, get him to uh, market my cards. Yeah. And the last thing he said to me, be careful because he'll try to recruit you. And I'm thinking, what do you mean recruit me? I'm going to recruit him. And uh, (laughs) obviously he was uh, the top rep in, in, you know, a greeting card company. and we became friends i joined that company became distributor of the year and runner up and all that stuff and and uh so and I, I look back now and i go i mean god has guided me along the way i can tell you four or five incidents where i know he's present in my in my life and i know he's not done with me
0: yet so right, right. Yeah. there's no way he'd be done with you if you're on this show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so so wow, wow man. man so, so you so, uh, uh when did you sell the company the the copier company you were how, what year was that what, what would oh, that gosh be? i think
1: nine well i was 49 when i sold it i was born in 48 so
0: i can't do math that yeah, well that. probably 1999 okay wow yeah. that is amazing so um so you retired before you were 50 And, and, um, obviously if you sold it for 17 million, I'm assuming you kept some of that money. Um, so
1: lost a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, but, and, and then along the way you're, you're, what do you think? Because, you know, I know a lot of people in network marketing. I, I mean, a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that, at some point, most people have tried network marketing, and um, you know, or they've they've tried being an entrepreneur, and you know, they 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 um, just haven't haven't made it. Yeah. What What do you think holds most people back from success in financially and and they're not necessarily related, but and freedom, joy in life.
1: Yeah, you know, it was interesting when uh, we were building our our network marketing business, we had a pretty decent sized team, about fifteen, sixteen thousand 16,000 people. And my son, Jeff, hired this speaker to come talk to our group. And I didn't know who the speaker was. Um, but, uh, you know, I I went to support, you know, obviously, I I kind of, um, it was down in Tucson, and Sherry and I drove down and we put the, our dog in the car. And I kind of stuck in the back row because I had the dog and I couldn't leave the dog in the car in Tucson weather. So we're sitting there and this guy is doing his little uh, Jeff introduced him as Joe Malarkey, America's worst motivational speaker. (laughs) And and I got watching it and I go, my God, this guy is good. I mean, where did Jeff find him? And little did I know that uh, his real name was George Campbell, He's now my business partner in another venture. And little did I know that George was a stand-up comic for ten years with Jerry Seinfeld and that whole group of comics that came up together. Wow. He'd been on 60 Minutes. He'd been on To Tell the Truth. Uh, he did that Joe Malarkey, America's worst motivational speaker for 20 years, and it landed him in the Hall of Fame, which is less than two percent of all speakers are in the Hall of Fame. Right. And I remember going up to George afterwards and 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 asking, telling him, and I said, Hey, listen. Uh, I'd love to work with you in the future. Maybe we can become partners. I could be like Ed McMahon and you could be like Johnny Carson. (laughs) Right. And he was doing fine on his own. He didn't need me, but we kept in touch for 10 years. And, uh, about three and a half years ago, I saw that he was headlining at the national speakers association meeting in in Phoenix. So, um, I went down and, uh, to to listen to him and he sees me in the audience and he says, we need to talk. And, uh, he says, I'm putting together a program that's going to be bigger than Malarkey ever was. And he says, Jim, you would be the perfect partner. So we started a company called the Consistency Chain. And for years and years and years, George was in different network marketing companies, but failed miserably. And he always wondered why he could be successful in one area of his life, but not in others. And he really took it to a whole different level uh, with the research. and And now we have a... You know, we have a company called The Consistency Chain.
0: Yeah. Uh, we
1: just wrote a book called The Consistency Chain for Network Marketing. And what really, you know, for years and years and years as a leader of, a, of you know, a couple of different network marketing companies, I always struggle with why don't people just do what I've done to be successful? Little yeah. did I know that they're literally wired differently. They don't think the same way. So we actually have a program you know, in the network marketing arena, we're lucky 5% of the people are successful in it and 95% struggle. And it has nothing to do with lack of focus or commitment or, you know, their why or anything else. It's just that they need a different strategy. And, and based on the results that we've had in the last couple of years, uh, we're really helping a lot of people, Ken, with our program. So. And
0: in and, and the program, obviously, it's more than a book. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have an app that
1: was an accountability app. We don't offer a coaching program, and we're not into that. We're, we, we build ourselves as the perfect companion piece to anybody's uh, training program. And uh, we recently have uh, been on a, a few pretty high-profile pro- shows like yourself, like yours, and uh, get
0: tremendous results from it. So. so do you have a copy of the book? Yeah. Show everybody the book the consistency chain for network marketing there you go mm-hmm. and i you know just so uh, you um you're very humble and and somewhat reserved um on on here but I, I i people need to know that you are like you've killed it in network marketing like you literally have killed it. Yeah, I've been just runner up
1: distributor of the year twice, distributor of the year twice in two different companies, but my proudest claim to fame, all right, is that the very first two people I ever sponsored uh in my last network marketing company that I was really working on were my two sons. I mean, number 1 and number 2, and they both went on to become runner up and distributor of the year. So I'm really proud of that and uh uh, get to work with them for you know, ten years. That was that was probably the best part of uh, my network marketing career. So and I'm they've done
0: sure. very very
1: well. <laughs> uh, yeah, they've done pretty good. Yeah, they've done yeah. pretty good. And somebody, yeah. you know, but you know, it always concerned me why, you know, why couldn't people just do what we were doing? But we're always trying to put a round peg in a square uh, square hole. Yeah. Now, when George and I speak at audience, like George says it, I speak to the first three rows of the audience. He speaks to everybody in the back of the room, which is 80% of the people.
0: What do you think, you know, I'm, I'm friends with Ray Higdon and, and Ray, Ray tells a story about, um, I I forget the exact, I'm going to butcher the story, but basically there was a, a network marketing meeting that everybody was invited to. And they had this, this speaker that was polished and this guy was just amazing, you know, and 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 something happened where the and this guy the the guy that this polished guy the last one he spoke at they they signed up like 5% of the people in the room and at the last minute he had to cancel so they brought this really this this woman up that was real homely and she spoke like this and 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 at the end and she said and and you know in last month I made twenty-five thousand dollars and um and like everybody in the room signed up <laughs> because they were like if this woman can do it I can definitely do it, you know. So yeah. what what is the what do you think the 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 big what is the big difference? I mean because I know people like you and and you know a lot of other people that have just killed it in network marketing, um <clears throat> which I think has a, a really bad stigma because of a handful of, of, of bad players in the industry. But um, what's the difference? What's the big difference? I, I think the ability to delay gratification.
1: Most people, when there was a contest, whether it was for selling greeting cards or being a newspaper carrier or, or winning a trip to Bermuda, as I, I have the ability to, to, to see the light at the end of the tunnel and do the work required to get there. But 80%, you know, it's the Pareto principle, you know, 80% of the people don't have the ability, don't have the, 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 the delayed gratification. So rather than fight that, we found a strategy to complement and give them daily gratification. And as a result, I mean, we're having... To, tremendous results with different teams across the country and different companies, because we have, we have a, a strategy to allow those people to get daily gratification and feel good about it. And
0: it's wow. you know, like, they literally, they're wired differently. They think of a different section of their brain. So what is, um, what's your website? If people want to check, check out what you're talking about. The consistency chain.com. The consistency Chain.com. Yep. Hopefully I spelled that right. Yeah,
1: well, we actually have the domain no
0: matter which way you spell it. Oh, good. <laughs> so good. We look back at it now and said, we
1: probably should have done something differently.
0: Uh, you know, um, I, I, I've I told this story many times. There there was a, a point, um, it was many years ago, my, my wife and I opened up our very first Brick and mortar office. We had been working out of that home, out of our home, and mm-hmm. said, "Okay, let's open an office and hire some employees," which we did, and and started growing. Um, but as you know, when when you have employees, I mean, things get real, <laughs> like really real, because you're you know you're like responsible for them and their families, and you feel that responsibility, and and so. The, okay, the biggest dude that worked for me, huge guy, walks in my office one day, he says, hey, uh, there's a guy looking in the windows of your SUV out in the parking lot. And I'm like, dude, you're like twice my size. Go tell him to get the heck out of here. Why are you telling me? And he's like, well, I was going to, but he has it blocked with his tow truck. (laughs) Oh, that's not good. And so I don't know if you've ever tried to talk a repo man out of taking your car in front of all your employees, but that was a terrible day, man. Let let, let me tell you. I can remember, I remember feeling like this is the end of my life. Like what's the point of even going on? This is the most humiliating day of my life. Life is over. This sucks. I don't think I can get through this. And, and I think, you know, 2020 reset a lot of people. It set a lot of people back. And, and honestly, the suicide rate went, it's gone through the roof because of all the insanity. If somebody called you and said, Jim, I'm at the end of my rope. I have tried everything I know to do. I can't figure, figure it out. My electric's being shut off. My car was repoed. Um, what would you say to them in that moment to help them, like, get through?
1: Okay. You know, it was interesting. Uh, you talk about the challenge you had when we were growing our copier business. At one point, we had a 34 to 1 debt to equity ratio. Right? Now think about it. All right? we, I went to a good friend of mine that owned another copier company to get him to buy it, and he couldn't absorb the debt. <laughs> and so I went to our biggest competitor in our state, and saying, hey, can you take us over? We'll come to work for you. And he looked at me and he said, why would I buy you when I'm gonna get you for free within a few weeks? Oh, wow. So I, we gained great momentum from that. And we turned our business around in 60 days as a result. Wow. And I think you just have to look, one of the most the best things I ever did was write out my dream day what i wanted to my business to what, what i wanted to be you know once i sold the business and i mean i had myself pictured living in arizona owning a golf cart driving down to the golf course playing golf coming back i'm sitting around the pool with a lemonade i mean i i had that visualized in my mind i mean i wrote it on paper which was tremendous yeah. and that's what got me through uh was just visualizing the 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 why I'm working. I mean, the how is easy. It's the why is the tough part. So it's uh, just you know, remember the reasons why you're, you're living. And, and it's so easy to look around and see people that are less fortunate and all, you know, physically and what have you and go, I don't have any problem. Just go to work. You know, so it's all you my thing.
0: Just go to work. Yeah. I mean, it, it really Action is.
1: conscious fear. Right? Every time.
0: Wow. I would never forget,
1: Ken, one day it was a Friday afternoon. It was snowing. I was in Farmington, Maine, an hour and fifteen minutes away from home. Yeah. I called my office in Portland to tell them, hey, feel free to uh to to go home because of the blizzard is coming and blah 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 and it's There was nobody in the office. Everybody had already left. I was the only person out there working. All right. And and I never forget that day. And I, I just Looked at my goals and going where I want to be. And uh, it was just so motivating for me. So,
0: how did it feel the day that you sold your company for $17 million? It was awesome. And I tell you, it was when you go through the due diligence and all that
1: stuff and the recasting, yeah. Yeah. we actually signed. I was, I took 36 people. I had a, a trip planned for 36 people to the Bahamas the day we sold the company. Wow. And we're supposed to sell the company two days earlier. My wife was at the airport with all the other employees, and I still hadn't signed the paperwork. And it was like a plane leaves at 1 o'clock. This was like 930 in the morning. Oh, and wow. I had to, you know, had to get one more thing done, one more thing done, one more thing done. And uh, we finally, you know, they signed off on it right? It all had to do with leases that we had on equipment. Yeah. And uh, we signed off. Uh, I got to the airport. We went we jumped on the plane. And um, I remember sitting in the pool. It was, a, it was a, a you know, you could swim up to the bar. Yeah. And I remember sitting there going, my God, it's over with. What am I going to do next? All right? This part of my life is over with. It's like when your kids go off to college. You're yeah. Oh my God, that part of my life is over. And then I realized that you know that God had more plan plan for me, so and here I am. So and and I I can't wait to get up in the morning. Ken, I hate to go to bed at night. I mean, I just absolutely been a blessed person. I mean, Sherry's been high school sweetheart, been married 50 plus years. That's you know, amazing. Kids, Jim. kids have the head on straight, you know. And and you know, I always used to have a saying: I live in the place that uh, that I belong with the people that I love, doing the right work on purpose. And I know that the right work on purpose is is sending our message of the consistency chain to that to that 95% of the
0: people that struggle especially
1: wow. in the network marketing business.
0: That's amazing. Where's the best place for everybody to follow you on social media? Well, I have a LinkedIn account. I've only had it for a couple of years. My Adam set me set
1: me up with it, but uh, yeah. I love LinkedIn. I mean, what's that? You're on Facebook. Yeah, I'm on Facebook, but it's I, I don't post very often on Facebook. In fact, some of the most of the stuff I post, Sherry is posted under my name, but it's uh, but LinkedIn is probably the best way.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm gonna. T- I think we're friends on Facebook, aren't we? I'm pretty sure. I think so. I, yeah. I, I can't gonna, imagine. I'm gonna, I'm, tag you. I'm gonna tag you on this, okay. so so it'll be on your page. So, Jim. Any final words of, of wisdom that you would share with anyone that may be watching that's struggling with life right now or financially or you know any any final words of wisdom
1: uh, I, I love the saying that persistence
0: will get you to your goal but consistency will keep
1: you there just be mm. consistent in your actions I know that's kind of a
0: plug but I really believe it It's it's not I'm it's a and plug away I, I like, I like what Grant Cardone says. If you're not willing to promote yourself, how in the heck do you, how do you, how do you expect others to promote yeah. you? Right?
1: Yeah, like absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. It's awesome. Well, Jim Packard, thank you for such an amazing time spent with you. Your wisdom runs deep and I'm, I'm very, very grateful for you um, investing the time today. Uh,
1: I was honored that you asked me to be on your show and look forward to maybe coming back again with, uh, uh
0: with my partner, George, who is. Well, I'd uh, love to do a, a, a show with both of you and, and, and even, and get you on an Amazon live too, to, awesome. to, to sell your, your book and stuff. So Jim, thank you so much. Stay with me. I'm going to end the live stream, but thank you so much for being on here today. And I look forward to doing some 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 more stuff together. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. And thank you to everyone who's watched and shared this out. If you did not share it out, there's still time to redeem yourself. And, and you can share this out now. So thank you for watching. Appreciate all of you. Have a great day, Jim. Thanks again. Thank you.